0: Scripture this morning will be read from acts chapter 4 verse 12 neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved thank you gentlemen thank you david for leading songs that were very very appropriate for what we're going to be studying this morning we appreciate that very much Brethren, this is part three of a series that we've been calling Unwrapped about talking about Christ at this time of the year and his birth, and we've been looking at various aspects of that, and so this is the third part of that, and we're going to have two more lessons after this one. Of course, next week will be on um, him being born, and we're going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about that as well today from a different perspective, and the title of the course is Celebrate and Be Glad, and brethren, we really do, we really do have reason to do that, not just this time of year, but because of what this time of the year represents. We're going to be reading from Luke 2, verses 8 through 20. That's our text this morning. If you'll turn there with me, please. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Y'all are very very familiar with these verses, I'm sure, but this is uh, what we need to be um, refreshed with for our lesson this morning, okay? Luke 2, beginning with verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the field and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord uh, suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly afraid. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing which has happened, Which the lord has been made known to us beloved let me insert here that they probably had to leave their sheep to do that they and 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 that was a dangerous thing to do but but the birth of christ was as important as anything and they were willing to uh, possibly lose their livelihood to do this verse 16 so they came in a hurry and found their way to mary and joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard, just as it had been told them. They went from terribly afraid to praising their heavenly Father. Beloved, Christmas is a special time when we celebrate the Lord, the birth of our Lord and Savior. It's not the only time, of course, that we do that, but it is a time that we should set aside and say, this is very specific that we want to think about and meditate on. And our text tells us that some of the first people to realize this birth and celebrate it were a group of shepherds outside the town of Bethlehem. Most likely, these guys were what were called in that day temple shepherds. Um, the, uh, it was their job to keep the sheep that were going to be used in the sacrifice of the temple in Jerusalem, and that was a lot of sheep. And so, uh, and because Jerusalem was about eight miles away, and, and we can assume this because the temple flock was always pastured near Bethlehem. But be that as it may, as I said last week, Uh, God's (coughs) birth announcement. As we would call it Passed over the people that the world Would consider the, v, the the important people The VIPs The one that you would think would ordinarily receive news like this God passed over the high priest He passed over Herod He passed over the religious leaders of the day He passed over the Pharisees And the theologians and the politicians He passed over Rome and Athens and Jerusalem Which was the enlightened you know, uh, cities of their day And instead his son was born in a little bitty town that was not very well known in a, the town of Bethlehem in a stable. And when these shepherds came to see him, there he was lying in a feeding trough. It wasn't the pretty little picture that we depict in our manger scenes today. And that's something we see over and over again in the Bible, isn't it, brethren, from the Old Testament on? Instead of manly man Esau, the hunter, Fisher, probably redneck kind of guy, you know, God chose his twin who was a mama's boy, Jacob, right? When Samuel goes to anoint the king of Israel, that's going to replace Paul. He looks at Jesse's oldest son and he says, ah, surely this is the guy because he was big and burly and certainly capable. And God said, no, he's not the one. And he goes all the way down through seven of Jesse's sons to the very youngest little bitty shepherd boy. And God says, you anoint him. And, And he's quite surprised at that isn't he because that's not who he would have chosen and Jesus chose 12 of the most unlikely men to be his disciples none of them had that big pedigree did they and, and so here we are at his birth, brethren, and instead of being born in a palace, instead of coming as the Jews thought he would as a king and on a, with an army and, and in victory, he's born in a feeding trough in a manger because they didn't have room for him in an inn. Brethren, God's ways are not our ways. He doesn't come and announce the birth of Christ to all these important people of the world. He goes to shepherds, working men, And I think that's appropriate because in John chapter 10, Jesus is going to describe himself as the good shepherd. And so he comes to these men. And next, our text says that when the angel of the Lord stood before him, the glory of God shone around him. That is what's called in the Bible the Shekinah glory of God. We see in the Old Testament when the presence of the Lord was in the temple and, 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 and smoke, as it were, filled the temple, there was visible evidence of God being there. It's the same kind of thing Moses saw on Mount Sinai and the people around it. When God was on the mountain with Moses and a man or beast even touched that mountainside, they were immediately struck dead. That is the Shekinah of God but God's glory brethren had over the last several centuries had departed from Israel because they were in idolatry and in sin and we see in the Old Testament his glory had not been shown in Israel for hundreds of years and so when God finally decides to let his glory be seen in a very physical uh way it's to a group of shepherds out in the field In fact, brethren, if 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 my math is correct, and I was no math scholar, but if you go back and look over biblical history, it's been at least over 500 years since the people have seen a visible manifestation of God's presence on this earth, a Shekinah kind of glory. Well, it's no wonder that scared the BGBs out of the shepherds, Right? I mean, what would you be doing if you were out in a field, you know, at nighttime, watching your sheep doing your job, and all of a sudden an angel appears out of nowhere, and you recognize him as being from God? These people weren't just frightened. The Bible says they were terribly afraid. I want you to put yourself in your shoes and think about that for just a second, brethren. There you are, minding your own business. Out in the field, just doing what you need to do, you know. And all of a sudden, this incredibly bright light shines all around you, and, and you look up, and this angel is suddenly standing before you, and he says, Hey, God, don't be afraid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm not going to be afraid. No, the Bible said they were terribly frightened, but the shepherds gave them that good news. The, I'm sorry, the angel gave the shepherds the good news. And the angel said to him, Don't be afraid. Brethren, did you know that command is one of the most given command in the New Testament? Fear not. Over and over and over again, Jesus, God, the Bible tells (coughs) us, his disciples, his children, his people to fear not. It was at the birth of Jesus that they announced that. It was at the resurrection of Jesus after he'd been crucified on a cross that they said to the disciples, do not be afraid. Brother, we don't need to do that, okay? That they, when when the, uh, Mary and the, and the ladies went to the tomb and found it empty, then what were they told? Fear not. Brothers and sisters, this is the, the angel then tells them why they shouldn't be afraid. Because the Bible says in this world we're going to have tribulation. We're going to have a hard time, brethren. We're going to have the devil always working on us. But he tells us why we shouldn't as Christians be afraid because he said we've come with good news. And it's going to be a source of great joy for all the people. And it can be for all the people that will accept it. And the angel said literally, I evangelize to you a great joy. That's the Greek. When he said, we say, I bring to you a great joy. No, no, the the Greek is I evangelize. and And that's where, brothers and sisters, we get the idea of an evangelist because it means literally a teller of good news of the gospel. And so the angel was that evangelist as it were and the good news is that the savior who is the christ the lord has been born in the town of bethlehem and we see in verse 11 as he says in luke 2 of our text he says therefore today in the city of david there has been born to you a savior who is christ the lord brethren that is our job today that's what we need to do we need to be the teller of good news we need to be the evangelist of good news we need to be teller of the gospel. That's who we need to be because we are the blessed recipients of that. Now, he says, today has been born in you in the city of David. Christ the Lord. Do you understand that that phrase isn't found anywhere else in the Bible? Not together. Christ the Lord. It's not found in the New Testament. There are other places where Jesus is called Christ. Remember when Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God? And Jesus is called Lord in other places in the Bible as well. Thomas, when he touched the nail-scarred hands of Jesus, said, My Lord and my God. But the two are not put together anywhere else in the Bible. Do you understand that's unique, brethren? Christ, or Christos in the Greek, means the anointed one. It's the same uh, meaning as the Hebrew word Messiah, which and it's a title. Christ is not Jesus' last name, as some people oppose out in the world. Jesus Christ, they say all that. It's not his last name. It is a title. He is Jesus, literally the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And he's not only that, the Bible says he's the Lord. That word in the Greek is kurios, and it's used in place of the Hebrew word for Yahweh that we find in the Old Testament, which means God. And so the angel is saying is that this anointed one is also Yahweh, the embodiment of God, the, the God become flesh, the incarnation. He is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Paul says this in Colossians 2.9 when he says, For in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily or in bodily form. And so, brothers and sisters, what all of Israel and all the world has been waiting for has finally come. For there is born unto you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And he's still that today for those who will accept that. For those who won't, there's eternal consequences. Look what it says in verse 13 as we continue in our text this morning. Okay? And suddenly there appeared with the... Angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Oh, that would have been a service, brother. Can you imagine a multitude? You know what? I'm sitting there this morning. There was times I had to quit singing, I was so choked up because it sounded so great. David did such a good job. And the audience was, you all were really worshiping God and singing those songs from your heart, and it was great. But can you imagine these shepherds? Out in God's creation. I'm assuming the stars would be in the sky. I don't know. but 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 And, and, and they're out there. And, and not all of a sudden they're frightened by one angel. He reassures them. And then all of a sudden. Just out of nowhere. Here's a multitude. How many's in a multitude? And they're singing praises to God. I don't know why we can't do the same thing. Eh? Verses 13 and 14. Did you see that brethren? and they, and what do they say verse 14 glory to god in the highest and on peace and on earth peace among men with whom god is pleased <clears throat> the angelic host understood that christ's birth is a time to celebrate and to be glad as we see everybody in this text this morning who celebrate and being glad We need to do that, brethren. And you know why we need to celebrate and be glad? For one reason. I I mean, we miss this. In America, we miss this. I need to celebrate and be glad because God was willing to send his son into this world to die for us sinners who deserve hell. He didn't have to do that. He chose to we don't deserve it and we cannot deserve it but we live like we do we live like he owes us something and we don't take him serious and so he sends his son as a baby into this world knowing that that baby's going to grow up and die on a cross so we can be saved brethren this is a time we need to celebrate and be glad amen but you know what a lot of people today don't really celebrate christ's birth at this time of year do we we're so stressed out about everything else do we ever stop and think what this holiday is supposed to mean can you celebrate what we call the true meaning of christmas Brian mentioned very well this morning it's it's not about santa claus and the gift son of the tree and all of the wonderful food we're going to be eating and that's nothing wrong with that brethren but can can you sing praises to god and glorify his name and do it consistently not just this time of year you see the christmas story tells us the same things that was read in uh, our scripture in then acts 412 there's Salvation in no other name, beloved. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's why we need to celebrate. The angels understood that, and they came together and said glory to God in the highest. But what about the shepherds? What do they do with their newfound knowledge as they've been told this? We see in verses 15 through 18 of our text, and if you would follow along, when the angels had gone away from them, they said, Well, we got these shepherds, we got these sheep here on the hillside, and we're really responsible for them, and we can't leave our job. Is that what they said? No. They began to say to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made their known the statement which they had been told about the Christ. Beloved, isn't that a marvelous, wonderful thing? Isn't that what we need to do? You know, what the shepherds do? They were excited about the good news that they had just heard. And, they, and, and you know what they did, verse 17? What they seemed they had made widely known, it says, to other people about uh, what had happened and what had taken place and told them about this Christ child so everyone who heard of it the, had marveled. Did you know that's the best gift you can give this Christmas or any day of the year? Did you know that, beloved? I don't care what's under the tree, and I'm not knocking that. Please don't understand. I'm not trying to be the Grinch, but that's not the emphasis, you know. You want to give somebody the greatest gift you can ever give them, the gift that keeps on giving, the gift that lasts for an eternity? Give them Christ. Introduce them to Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. And, friend, if you haven't done so, the greatest gift you can ever receive, I don't care if somebody gives you 100,000 acres and and 10 brand-new automobiles. It won't touch the hem of the garment compared to what you can have in Jesus Christ, which is eternal life in heaven and not in hell. That's why Jesus was born. And that's the greatest gift we can ever give and we can ever receive. And, brethren, I want us to understand that about the Christmas message. The Bible goes on to tell us it wasn't just the angels that rejoiced and it wasn't just the shepherds that rejoiced. The Bible says Mary kept these things in her heart. And, and the Bible says that often about Mary. Isn't that, isn't that like a loving mama, isn't it? The Bible says she pondered those things. She kept them there. It means she didn't just remember them. It means she thought about it and wanted men and she meditates it and she keeps it there and she comes back to it over and over again. And she's going to need to do that because her boy is going to have to suffer greatly. So if anyone knew knew that Christmas was a time to celebrate and be glad, it was the first-time mother, this young virgin girl, who had just given birth to the Savior of the world. I want us to rejoice in the same way. I want us to rejoice and be glad, to celebrate and be glad. And the shepherds did too. You know, the verse 20 said they went back to their fields glorifying and praising God. How can we do anything less than that, brother? You know, one of the Jewish traditions that they practiced for eons is to celebrate the birth of a son, and when a son was born into a wealthy family that could afford it, the father would hire a band of local musicians together, and they would go and they would go around town. They would go begin at the house of the birth, and they would celebrate with music, and they would announce that. With our kids, we could afford one piccolo player, but <laughs> no, uh, you know. Uh, but when the heavenly Father's son became flesh, brothers and sisters, all of heaven celebrated with praise and adoration. The heavenly host shouted out, glory to God in the highest. The angels gave glory to God and praised him. The shepherds returned from the birthplace of Jesus, giving glory to God and praising him. Mary did the same thing. So I wonder, beloved, what kind of response do we have during this time of year? Are we so busy uh, with the preparations as Jesus talked about when he went to Mary and Martha's home that we are missing the real thing and the true meaning? You know, there are actually people today who dread this holiday. They're not rejoicing. They're not celebrating. They're not glad. They want the word Christmas erased from our society. In some areas, they're changing the word from Christmas tree to holiday tree. Y'all have been hearing about that. There are those who are so filled with anxiety about Christmas that they want just to get it over with, to be done with it. There are others who would like Christmas to just go away because the thought of it makes them very uncomfortable. It's offensive to them, brethren, because Christmas tells us that we cannot be good enough. It tells us, it reminds us that we're sinners. In need of a savior. And that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Because they don't want to have to face that. Because if we could save ourselves. God would not have had to send his son. And to come to do it in this earth. And to come do what we cannot do. Which is save ourselves. And that offends some people. But Christmas also tells us. That this same God. So loves the world. That he loves us with an amazing love, a love that was willing to sacrifice, a love that was willing to endure not just the persecutions of this world and not just the schemes of the devil, but his own righteous wrath that had to be unloaded on Jesus for our sake. That's exactly what Jesus did. That's exactly why he was born into this world. He was born as a child in Bethlehem but he's going to grow up very quickly and become our substitute when he hung on a cross some 33 years later. And beloved, that is why Christmas is a time to celebrate. That is why it's a time to be glad. Because even though we were enemies, Romans 5 tells us of God, God himself sent his son to be our peace offering. So the angels would be able to say, rejoice and be glad, peace on earth, goodwill towards all men. Beloved, isn't he worthy of all of our praise today and our worship and our commitment and our life every day of the year? Isn't he worthy of that? Let me ask you very, very, very plainly, very quickly. Is this baby that was born in a manger and died on a cross? Is he your Savior? See, that's your choice. He did everything he can possibly do and give you free moral choice. That's your choice. If you not received him this morning, we'd love to sit down with God's word and show you how to do that while we stand and sing.